and welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. Hey, this is Kirk Graham, and you're listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. And today we've got Bethany Schrock. What's up, girl? Hi, Kirk. Thanks for, thanks for being here. You're a legend. Uh, I just, yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh, honor, pleasure. It's all a pleasure. It's a great. It's a great words. It's my, the pleasure's mine. There you go. It's all mine. I was overthinking it. No, it's it's a good start. Hey. Let's do it. Okay, Bethany, you are a photographer. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a businesswoman. Uh, and I've known you for a few years. And I know a little bit of your story and journey, especially over the last year, uh, which is crazy. And so I'm excited for this next hour to be able to chat about your life and all that you've gone through, all that God's brought you through, and uh, who you are today. And so let's start th Let's start there. Let's start with who you are today and uh, what you're doing, the business you run. And uh, you're a wife. You're a dog mom. Uh, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> Proud dog dog mom to a poodle. So what does that make me? Tucker. His but name is Tucker. His name is Tucker. Super cute. Um, I'm married to my best friend and I don't just say that. I actually love my husband Wes <laughs> and I like hanging out with him a lot. Um, living in downtown St. Paul and yeah, just living it day by day. St. Paul, Minnesota. St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, Your husband Wes, uh, he is former soccer player Superstar, soccer superstar. Yeah, Shattuck um, St. Mary. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He'll be on the podcast one day. Ooh, good. I'll listen to that one and all of them because I'm really jazzed about this podcast, may I say. But um, yeah. You may say it. <laughs> okay. It's a strong start to this episode. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> but yeah, so Wes um, played soccer, he got recruited from Kentucky to Minnesota to play soccer in high school. So at 15, he moved. Yep. And I love that I'm already talking about my husband so much because I really like him. Yes. Um, and then he walked to the nearest church just to get involved. And it mm -hmm. just happened to be River Valley Church. Um, and he started volunteering, became a worship pastor, was the youngest hire on staff. We met, which is also kind of crazy, and um, got married real young at 20. Yep. Um, we've how, been, long, how many years ago? Two years? Two years ago. Yep. Yeah. So we've been married for eight years. You did an all-star uh, groomsman in your in your wedding, right? Um, was definitely Kirk. So yes. you, yeah, you were a groomsman. I was in, in your wedding. wedding. I know. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I know. It feels like forever ago. It does. But I love, yeah, I love that. So married, um, and yeah, we both are artists. He does music. He writes songs, and I do photography and creative direction. And we're just the black sheep of our you're, family. You're <laughs> stop it. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> your though. photography business is called Beth Kath. Yep. And uh, Catherine is your middle name. And the reason why, may I just say, is because I knew that I was going to marry Wes way before we could even get engaged because yeah. we'd only been together for so long. So you didn't want it your maiden name. Yes, I didn't want my maiden name, but it was it would be creepy if I changed it to Shrock. Bethany yeah, like Shrock. a little too soon before he proposed. Yeah, or, or before like, like he asked me out, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but before, wait, okay, so sorry. Before you were dating, you thought you were going to marry this guy? Well, yes. In, a, in an interesting way. We dated for a year yep. and we were 17. We fell fast in love. Yep. Um, but we were so young. I didn't know who I was. How could I be married to someone if I don't know who I am? So I yeah. broke up with him all of a sudden. And Sweet Wes was like, how can we work on this? Let's talk about this. Let's work on it together. He's the best. And I go, no, we're breaking up. Bye. <laughs> and then we were apart for <laughs> what a, a jerk. I know. Don't I know. I am. I'm just kidding. You're not. For a year we were apart. And that's when just figured out who I was. I moved out. Um, I bought a car when I was yeah 17. I had like 20 bucks in my bank account. Um, but you owned a car. But I owned a car, so everything was fine. And I lived in the city, so that was even cooler. Yep. Um, I started dabbling with photography. I was a nanny. I was a waitress. 
so that I could buy groceries. Um, and in that time apart, I was like, Wes is the only one. I want to be with him. And he was still heartbroken. Yeah, he yeah. will say that. And he didn't want to get back together with me because he was afraid <laughs> I was going to break his heart again. Yes. Um, and so I just kind of made it my mission. One day, Wesley will fall back in love with me. <laughs> yes. And he did. He fell back in love with me. I knew I was going to be with him forever. We dated, got married. We had the best groomsmen ever, Kirk. Yes. And happily married for two years. That's so awesome. And marry the rest of your life. Yep, it's basically. Be great. Cool. Tell me about your uh, family upbringing. I, I mean, I know some of your story and your yeah. family, but uh, you were raised in Minnesota. Raised in Minnesota. I am one of six kids. Yep. We were. Big family. Huge family. Amazing parents. Where who, are you within the six? Um, Second to last. Yep. Second youngest. Yep. Um, <laughs> there you go. Youngest. I mean, last. you say it how you want. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of us. Um, I grew up with one other sister and four brothers. We were all homeschooled. Yes. Why did you say it with such, you said it with a stigma. Be, like, okay, well, let's be real. Okay. You're, is you're there a awesome. There no, is, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm proudly homeschooled. I say it because I'm. You said it like not proud. No, I said it because I'm amazed that my mother homeschooled six kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's a legend. Freaking She's amazing. powerhouse. Yes. I wouldn't have the patience to homeschool one kid. So hats off to her for eternity. Um, but I was homeschooled. Um, and actually growing up, I had a lot of learning disabilities. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and I almost like really am indebted to my mom because she spent so much time. Like what learning disability? Um, dyslexia. Yep. So you see words backwards or letters yep. backwards. Or growing up, I look at a page and it would be like, um, a word puzzle trying to read. Yeah. Um, and so I would. So each word is like you're trying to figure it out. Yes. All over again. Um, yeah. And also <laughs> short term memory, like disability, which is where you can't remember what you just learned. No way. So I would study all night for a test over and over and I would fail the next day. And um, when I got into like a normal school system and my teachers would be like, Bethany, you got to study. You're going to fail. Yeah. And you're like, I studied. I, I spent so much time and I would have all these kids in the class who don't study get A's. Yeah. So my mom decided to homeschool me and the other kids. And by fifth, sixth grade, I then went into a school system. And that was, I mean, I loved it for the social aspect, but for the learning aspect. Super difficult. Oh yeah. I mean, and let's be real when you're in school. I mean, if you get a good grade on a good test, you got it together, you know? Yeah. Um, when you are so nervous, because it's your coming up to your time to read a paragraph down the line, you know, when it's like the student in front of you has to read a paragraph, then you read the next paragraph. Yeah. And I would plan it perfectly when to ask to go to the bathroom. So I didn't have to read. Yeah. I remember like, that. I remember being yes. nervous. Like when we would do like class reading, yes. like nervous, like, Oh, it's going to be my turn. And like, you're thinking about like, Man, she just read so oh fast. Gosh. I feel like she's Dang like it, Sarah. the best. Dang it, Sarah. You yeah. read that so well. Well, now yeah. I'm going to look horrible. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I remember Nikki Hansen was the best. She was the best reader. And, I, yep. and then it would be like me. And then I'm like tripping over my words. Or and it's so embarrassing. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to identify with you. I, I didn't it. have dyslexia. No, 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 no. <laughs> to but, be clear. But, but yeah, yeah. everyone understands a little bit of that. Yeah. And I mean, at a young age, thankfully my parents were great. And we're like, Bethany. This isn't who you are, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to overcome this. Yeah. And over a lot of time I did, I still get lefts and rights mixed up all the time. It's all good. <laughs> Just ask my husband when you I'm giving need, directions, yeah. take a left, take a left. Why aren't you taking a left? Oh, I mean a right. <laughs> um, but just use your phone. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying. But, um, I think through that, that's where I found art. Yeah. And that's how I found, well, I can't read a book, but I can look at the pictures and I can understand what's going on. By looking at the pictures, yes. yeah. To interpret. Yeah. yeah. So like Berenstain Bears was my jam because really? I could- the pictures made sense. Yes, yeah. they did. Finally, once. Um, and so I couldn't read chapter books, but I would read Berenstain Bears and then I would draw my own stories that didn't have any words, but through the pictures, you could wow. understand what was happening. Yeah. And that kind of became my outlet. Yeah, Totally. That's crazy. And so, so from there, um, at what point did you start picking up like photography? Cause that's, that's currently your business. Yep. Like, was it in middle school, high school? Did you find a camera in your house? Um, it was in middle school 
And my dad was always the dad walking around with the camera, taking pictures of the kids all the time. Um, And I remember that my mom came home one day from the grocery store and I was helping her unpack. And there was some really pretty looking pears. And I took a pear (laughs) and I went over to my fireplace and I took pictures of this pear next to these candles against the super artsy, the brick backdrop. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. No way. And my parents were so sweet. I'm like, yeah, Bethany, this is Good awesome. Job. Yes. Um, they printed it off for me and they put it in a frame. Yes. They're amazing. Um, and from that on moment on, I was like, do you still have that photo? I actually do. Yes. I want to see I'll, it. I'll dig it up for you. All right. Send it. We'll, th- we'll throw it in the show notes. Okay. It's a cool thing to say. And that yeah. was really cool. It's like a wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It will be in the show notes. Um, and from that moment on, I was like, I can take a bunch of things and I can make it look however I want to and mm-hmm. take a picture. This is really fun. So from then on, I would beg my friends, hey, come outside and can I take pictures of you? And I got used to that and I loved people. So it was really easy and fun. And then um, seniors, I was, I think, 13 at this time. Seniors yeah. in my high school were asking that I would take their senior pictures. No way. Yeah. So you're a freshman. Yeah. Taking senior um, photos. And my dad was like, you know, Bethany, you could charge them like 50 bucks. Yeah, start a business. And I was like, no way. That's way bigger than my allowance. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so my dad was my first, second shooter on the first wedding I photographed at 14 years old. Wow. Like, what a champ. My dad was my second shooter. Yes. I think I got paid like 300 bucks. $300 for your first yeah. session? Yeah. Well, no, no, wedding. This the was a first wedding. wedding. Full wedding. Sorry, full I thought wedding. it was a senior session. Um, oh, no, no, no. First session was 50 Don't forget the pricing. So first we- first wedding, $300. Yep. Your dad's second shooting. Yep. And he did it for free. I didn't have to pay him. Yeah. What a sweet man. Um, and uh, it was, I just remember holding all these 20s. And I was yeah. like, I can this actually get paid for something I like to do. I don't have to be good at math. Yeah. I found it. Done deal. You found your passion. Yep. You found what you're good at. Yeah. That's awesome. I So I know, again, I do know you and know your story, but uh, talk about the, your your upbringing in regards to faith. You were raised in the church. Yes. Um, for you, was there a specific moment? You know, was it like you came out of the womb loving Jesus or was there <laughs> a moment where it's like, yeah, this is for me. It's not just my family thing, but for me. Um, always grew up with Jesus being a name in our household. Um but when it came real for me was when I wasn't getting told where to go to church or, you know, it's time to go or you have to have Christian friends. Um, and that was, I moved out of my house when I was 17 yep. um, and I moved to Washington, D.C. for a summer. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just another little thing yes. to put in your show notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where Washington, D.C. is. Okay. Just in case you're listening. <laughs> We'll, we'll put a map oh my of the gosh. United States. You know, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, just trying to help you out there, Kirk. That's great. You are. Um, and to do photojournalism and to yep. be a live-in nanny with the family. And I was kind of on my own and I could decide to go to church on the weekends if I wanted to or not. Yeah. Um, and in that moment of kind of being alone, I didn't really have any friends. Um and being who I wanted to be, a lot of self-discovery went on. And yeah. um, in that, I was like, I'm actually in love with Jesus. And wow. I believe in this. Um, and I want to spend my life getting to know him. Um, and it's funny because all your life, your parents will you know, encourage you and help you learn this. And mm-hmm. you'll go to church. But it isn't until you have that, you know, that moment. Um, that you can fully kind of like will always be an anchor to you for yeah. the rest of your life. You'll always remember that yeah, moment. Exactly. I remember I was a senior in high school Yeah, and it was, I had gone on a trip with my dad to Africa and it was the first time pretty much my whole life I was raised in the church. My dad was a pastor. I had every resource given to me to uh, mm-hmm. learn about Jesus. I'd heard all the stories, grew up in Sunday school. I mean, everything. Uh, but for the first time in my life for probably probably more than five days in a row i read the bible yeah like and and with my dad and and spending time with him and spending time with the lord 
and I realized, my goodness, I'm on the other side of the planet. Other people believe this stuff too. Cause wow. uh, like we, my dad was teaching at a Bible school there. And so there's all these other African Christians and like, man, this is a global thing. This is yeah. not just a, I grew up in Wisconsin. This is not yeah. just a Wisconsin thing or North Dakota thing or yeah. Midwest. Like this, Jesus is a global thing. And somehow 2000 years after he walked this planet, people live yeah. their lives and, and give their eternities, like trust their eternities to this guy. And for me, like, that was the moment where it was like, this is real for me, you know, and I'll never, yeah, never forget that moment. And what I think is so cool and unlike any other religion is that it's okay to still be learning. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have it. Like, I don't have it all figured out. I'm still learning. And I think through life, you're going to go through circumstances that will kind of test that. And it's okay to have moments where you're like, um, hey, God, hello. I'm freaking out over here. Yeah. And uh, man. Yeah. And situational too, like, like to know that God's with me and to know that he's everywhere at all times, to know that he cares about me and he knows what I'm going through. But if I'm going through something tough to still have moments and God, God knows that we will have these moments where it's like, God, are you there? God, are you with me? God, do you see God? Can you answer this prayer? Can you meet me where I'm at? You know, like yeah, I think I love what you said that um, God knows us as humans and he came to rescue us as humans. He, he, we don't have to be God's in and of ourselves. Like he came to rescue us, you know, so he knows our shortcomings. He knows our doubts. He knows our failures and all that. And he lets us kind of walk through that. I love that. Yeah. Christianity is a journey. There's a moment of salvation that even while we're, the Bible says that while we're sinners, like in the midst of our sin, uh, when you believe in your heart, confess through your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're saved. It's a moment. Uh, but the rest of your life, there's this journey of, you'll have doubts, you'll have like highs and lows, you have ebbs and flows, but God knows that about us and he covers it all. It's awesome. What a relief. Seriously. (laughs) I wouldn't, man. So podcast done. Wow. Okay. Podcast done. Yeah, great. (laughs) We've done it. We've done it. We've arrived. It's awesome. Hey, uh, tell tell me this story um, because I know about it and I got to witness it through social media. Um, but you, you and your husband, you guys felt called and had opportunity to take a little bit of time off. Not a little bit. It was like three months, right? Like two months, two months, around two months. And, and you guys hooked up with an organization or a few different organizations and you did, uh, photos, mm-hmm. uh, all around the world for some missions organizations and got to travel everywhere. Where did you go? What were you doing? Yeah. How did that come about? Just yeah. insane that you just left everything said, we're just going to go try this for two months. Yeah. Well, one thing about Wes and I, even though we're married, we don't want to, not saying everyone does this, let me back up. We want to keep on living our lives and trying new things and keep on growing up together. And so one thing that we've always wanted to do is just kind of leave everything and live out of backpack and travel. Yeah. But not like, we wanted to do something with a little bit of weight to it. I'll always remember Wes saying, I wouldn't feel okay with just leaving um, my job at the church to just like go travel and drink coffee and not invest in the travel world. just to travel. Yeah, 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 exactly. To le- yeah, to leave what he felt he was called yes, to do. Thank you. Great, yeah. Yeah, to leave what I was feel called to do to then not do something that also has a purpose and a calling. To be fair though, just to be fair, that I mean that is an investment in your, that can be an investment in your marriage. So if somebody's out there like, and they're, oh, plan, yes. like they're planning, like I'm going to take a month off or something like that, that like, even if it was travel, just yes. travel, like an investment into your marriage, which is awesome. Or even so. see the world, open up your eyes a little bit. Yeah. But for us in that time of our life, we were so invested in our church and our jobs and what we were doing. We needed there to be something there. Yeah. And so we just always, you know, thought about that kind of prayed about that. Um, and we were having dinner with some really good friends who just got back from the mission field. Yeah. They got back from Cairo, Egypt. And we were just talking to them and we mentioned this little pipe dream we had. Yeah. The next day I woke up to an email and that guy was like, hey, um, okay, if you want to travel the world, I can send you to how many countries you can get to. All you have to do is play, pay for your plane tickets. And we would love for you to take pictures of all these different families on the mission field to give them new prayer cards no um, to help them with their websites that they have. And I would love for Wes to lead worship to these different like um, missionary group sites for an organization called Live Dead. 
And all of a sudden we looked at each other. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. Like you can just do that? We can do that? Okay. And it was through relationship. You know, I've worked with Live Dead before. And so we then went to our church and went to our lead pastor. And we're like, hey, we have this dream. Can we leave work? You know, can Wes leave work for like two months? And our pastor was like, you know what? I I always wished I did something like that. And yeah. I would never want to stop you. So, yes, go we'll for it. it. Which is crazy that we could just like leave our jobs for two months. Yeah. And still have jobs when we get back. Yeah. Um, so then we packed up our bags. Uh, we paid for all of our plane tickets and we went to a total of eight or nine countries in the Middle East. So name as many as you can remember just okay. off the top of your head. Where did you go? Ready? We got Cairo, Egypt. Yeah. Um, Amman, Jordan. Calcutta, India. Um, Yerevan, Armenia. We did Kenya, Nairobi. Um, dang it. Yeah. Still, that's it's crazy. There's a few. Yeah. There's a few. Yeah, and what, I mean, major, major cities in this world. Um, oh. Yeah, and you saw, I mean, you're at the pyramids. Did you ride a camel? Oh, we rode a camel near the pyramids. <laughs> yes. I could not believe that was my real life. It was insane. Yeah. Um, and what was crazy is packing that backpack for, you know, two months where you're going to um, Calcutta, India, where it's around 100 degrees and you have to be modest. Yep. But then you go to Yerevan, Armenia, where it's about five degrees and constantly snowing. And how do you like pack for that? <laughs> yeah. How did, I mean, how did you, did you have to buy stuff all, along the way? Or? Uh, no, we didn't buy stuff along the way. Just a lot of layers. I mean, yeah. thankfully, you know, growing up in Minnesota, you just really learn to prepare for the elements. That's a strong Minnesotan no, accent. No, I don't know it was what like that Southern. was. <laughs> it's like deep South, the opposite of Minnesota. Yeah, it was whatever, you know. It's a good accent though. Um, so just lots of layers and yeah. I ended up throwing away a pair of shoes at the end of it because they were just trashed. Yeah. Um, but what I loved about that trip is we saw the world through the people um, that were living there. Mm -hmm. We would stay in like host homes. So we'd sleep on someone's couch or um, pull out mattress, you know. Um, and, you know, we didn't, we got to ride camels, which was awesome. But we just lived kind of day to day life with missionaries who are living. Just like local people. Yeah, yeah. Who are living on the field and eat what they ate and get sick because of what they ate and yes. um, time change and everything and trying to learn all those different languages and that two month span was impossible and you get all your languages mixed up. Yeah. But um, to fully see people and um, cultures as they are, not as, oh, I'm an American and then coming into your culture and why do you cook something like this? Yeah. Or why do you build your buildings like this? Yeah. You know, it's cool because, you know, I've grown up in Western religion my entire life of, you mm -hmm. know, Christianity. And I'll just say this, seeing um, other religions all over, all over the globe, mm -hmm. um, it's all about you need to fit into this mold. You need to wear this. You need to pray like this. And we saw certain cultures get stripped away. Mm to fit into this mold of religion of, you know, Islam or something. Yeah. Um, but with Christianity, we are there in a Kenyan church on Sunday singing worship music that wasn't in English, but they're all worshiping God in the way that God wants to be worshiped, you know? And yeah. it was different than how my Sundays are here in Minnesota. And that's awesome because God is just like... Yeah, there's like a freedom. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like like it's it's i mean it's tough to say because god's the same yesterday today and forever and like he's there's so much sameness about who yeah. god is but also so much uniqueness and relatability with how we get to relate with him how we get to talk with him at any time even the fact that we can approach god as broken people you know there are some religions where it's like you don't you like who are you to even mm -hmm. think that you could be around god you know so they set up different you know, anyways, I think that that's an awesome point that you got to see all these different cultures mm -hmm. with your own experience of growing up in America and they're all worshiping the same God, but through their own expression and through their own worship style, whatever it may be. And I don't know these churches that I visit, you know, visited in Kenya, Africa that are worshiping Jesus, but God knows them 
And every totally. Sunday. Yeah, you don't follow him on Instagram. No, no. And every Sunday when I'm worshiping Jesus, so are these guys in yeah. Kenya, Africa. And we're doing it completely differently in completely different languages. And God says, thank you. You know, I love that sound. Yeah, I think I think about that point every time we do communion at church. Mm. Um, the church we're part of, River Valley, we we celebrate communion once a month, and during that during that service, um, and as a pastor, I get to lead that moment, and everybody takes the bread, which represents the body of mm -hmm. Christ that was broken for us. You know, uh, Isaiah talks about that by his stripes we're healed. We get healing because of what Jesus has done for us. We get eternal salvation because of what Jesus has done for us. And then the cup, we all take the cup together, which represents the blood of Christ that now, because because we've given our lives to the Lord, he's saved us, rescued us. Now God the Father views us through the lens mm -hmm. of that blood, which there's, a, I mean, the whole, I'm not trying to preach right now, I'm just saying that, <laughs> In that moment, while we all take communion together, I think about the not only the millions and millions of people mm -hmm. that are celebrating communion on the same weekend. Um, you know, churches do it all over the country, all over the world. They're doing communion because it's something that Jesus said, "Hey, do this in remembrance of me." And millions of people around the world at the same time are kind of having that same act of eating the bread, tipping their heads back to drink the cup. But then the billions of people throughout the last 2000 years that have done it. Like like all these people celebrating the same thing through the same act. That's cool for me, so the side note, but. I'm just imagining that right now in my head. Like when we all get to heaven, we get to meet all these people. I know. From around the world. It's be a party. That have been following and reading the same book yes. that I've based my life off of. Yes. Oh man, I'm It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's gonna be awesome. So, uh, so on your trip, and doing doing this thing, what would, what would be something like while you're there? Maybe you're praying through or asking God about or believing for. Because I know where this I know where this interview is about to go, um, <laughs> you know. And your life took a hard turn, um, but in those moments of being traveling with your husband, um, do you feel like God was preparing you in any way for what was about to happen? Absolutely, um, a lot of perspective, and um, this. This realization that I wanted something more, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I I was tired of kind of just being in a picket fence relationship with God, and I wanted to, um, okay, God, whatever you got, give it to me. Let's go. Yeah, you know, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I feel like that's been like as, <laughs> as long as I've known you, you've had that attitude, like like your adventurer, your thrill seeker, your dream big and let's go do it. Yeah. You're hyper like affirming. And and I've known you not just that you've been a part of our church, but uh, we were talking about earlier, like you interned at the church yes. in the department that I was leading at the time. And Which so, can I yeah, side just, note, just say one of my favorite memories of you is I'm walking past your office and I'm like, oh, hey Kirk, how's it going? You know, and you're sitting writing a sermon and you're a worship pastor at the time. And I was like, oh, cool. Are you like preaching? And you're like, no, no, no. I just always am choosing to have like three or four sermons prepped and ready to go because you just never know when I'm going to need them or when I'm going to want to be ready. And I was like, who is this guy? That's so funny. I probably haven't preached those sermons. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would love know. to hear them. Yeah, who knows? They're oh my floating gosh. There. Actually, the, it was about communion. I just preached it. No, no. I'm just kidding. That'd be <laughs> just kidding. awesome. Yeah, you just blew my mind. No, that's not true. Anyways, no, it's a good memory. Thank you. I was writing a sermon. There you go. Good job. And here you are writing a podcast, sharing yeah. a podcast. So you feel like God was giving you a lot of perspective in that time. Yeah. And preparing you um, yeah. because of what was about to happen. Um, you, you, and I'll let you explain it, uh, but you found out a month later, was it a month later? And this is last year. Mm -hmm. um, this time. Last year, this time. Uh, and so what month is it right now? We're in May. Yeah. So a year ago, you found out that you had a brain tumor. Yep. Talk about that. Man, well, um, got back from the trip, was feeling really energized and was getting ready for my busy season of photography. You know, mm -hmm. okay, I did my little God mission for the year. I'm ready to go. Now let's get back to business. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're like laughing at yourself. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I do that a lot. Um, looking back of how my mindset was. Yeah. Um, and so I'm in my studio and I'm editing and um, I can't move my left hand. That's 
I'm trying to edit on the keyboard and it just really, really hurts. And um, you know when you're outside and it's really cold outside and you come inside and your like skin kind of aches? Yeah. You know that aching feeling? Yeah. My whole hand down to the bone felt aching and it came on really fast. Um, and I was like, you know, shake it off. I got stuff to do. I'm a busy woman, okay? You know, I'm building a business here. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> um, what is this weakness feeling, yes. this pain feeling? <laughs> I'm Get above pain. It's a state of mind. You know, all that. Anyways, so keep on working. And then now all of a sudden, my whole left arm is in so much pain. And it's so, all happening within one day? Oh. Or like over the course me, of a week? No, no, or? me sitting there at the chair. No sitting, way. editing within hours. Crazy. So... You know, I, I call my husband, eh, you know, feeling something kind of funny. Just going to go to the doctor, figure out. You can come if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he comes. Uh, go to urgent care. Because Wes is awesome. Because Wes is awesome. That's what you really need to know at the end of this podcast. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so go to the emergency room and urgent care. Sorry. And, you know, they do blood. Nothing's there. Do a strep test. Nothing's there. Um, there's, you know, let's just do an MRI of your spine to make sure that there's nothing going on, you know, with your nerves. Yeah. So, oh man, it's going to take an hour. I have stuff I need to do. Fine. I'll yep. get an MRI. And, um, also just to put on top of this growing up, I was sick a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, just always had a low immune system. And so I always found it really inconvenient and I always felt like a burden. Whenever I was sick. Whenever you're sick. Yeah. And so the fact that I was taking time out of my husband's day, out of my day to go to the emergency room where there's probably nothing wrong. I was so irritated with myself and I already felt like a burden. Yeah. So it just wasn't, it wasn't convenient for my time. Um, so I get out of that MRI and the nurse goes, okay, so are you going to wait around for the lab results or do you want the ER nurse to call you? And I was like, oh, I'll just have them call me. Yeah. And then he looks at me and he goes, you know, maybe you should wait around for the results. I'm like, no, no, no. They can just give me a call. It's got, no big deal. Yeah, it's He's good. like, I'll have you wait in the waiting room and I'll have the ER nurse call you. At that you. point, did you feel like, man, that was weird? No. I was so like, like, oh, okay. I was like, he doesn't understand how inconvenient and what a burden I am right now. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting in the waiting room and the front nurse desk lady, she, you know, Bethany Schrock, can you come up here? Yep. Yes. Yes come up there and she has the phone. She gives me the phone. She slides me a piece of paper and a pen. And I kind of look at her. She's like, you might need this. It's like, thanks lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So I take the phone. Hey, what's up? Oh, hi Bethany. I'm just letting you know that I got your MRI and your nerve and your spine looks awesome. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Well, everything's fine besides the um, brain tumor that we found. Wait, what? Oh, you didn't know that you had a brain tumor? No. Yeah. She didn't know she was giving this? For the first time. For the first time? No. Oh, well, you have a meningioma in your middle cranial fossa, and we're going to probably have to operate. So I'm going to have a surgeon reach out to you in the next few days, and we'll let you know. And all of a sudden, this information is just like, whoa. Sorry, did you say Mufasa? <laughs> middle cranial fossa. Got it. Um, and... I'm not trying to write this down. I don't know how to spell middle craniofossa. No. Meningioma. What? No. So I'm writing all this down and okay, a surgeon's going to reach out to me in the next week. Okay. Um, all right. Thank you. Bye. And I just kind of stay there. And the nurse is looking at me who just gave me the phone. She hung up and I was like, um, excuse me, do you know how to spell middle craniofossa? No. So they told me the the right spelling because I knew I'd probably want to Google it later. Yeah. And see on WebMD when it says I'm gonna die. LOL. Um and Is that what it said, by the way? Like when you're Googling I mean, some of the stuff like WebMD always tells you you're gonna die. Okay. You know, let's be real. Um, so I wrote it down and I'm walking back to Wes. And in my mind I'm like, okay, this is really inconvenient that I'm sick right now. And they said it wasn't a big deal. So I guess it's not. Okay. So Wes looks at me and he's like, hey, babe, everything good? I'm like, yeah. I mean, they said I had a brain tumor, but I think it's fine. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of a, a new trip for yeah. us. 
Yeah. So what, I mean, how do you move forward finding out the worst news of your life, but everybody's, you know, you have doctors that are saying, you know, it's gonna be okay. We'll, you know, we'll figure, figure out a plan for it, all that stuff. I mean, your life stops. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you are somebody that runs a hundred miles an hour and your life stops, you know, and it has to stop, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, my follow-up questions are, I have a million of them, but there's, there's all, we'll get eventually to the good that comes out of this. <laughs> there is you know? good. There's good. But, um, in that moment, well, what, how, do you, how does, how does West respond? How do you respond to the fact that there's this thing in your brain you have, and everything about brain surgery sounds like I'm going to die. Well, I'll, I'll continue with the next day. Um, we're just waiting to get, you know, some call back from an ER doctor. And I actually ended up passing out a few times that day. No way. And the pain went all the way down to my leg then. So all the left side of my body. And we ended up having to go back to the doctor. And then I was hospitalized for the next week. And I ended up um, developing seizures. Had to get a spinal tap. Um, my parents, you know, had to stay in the hospital. My sister flew down. So it ended up becoming this whole week ordeal. Where one day I'm fine and the next day I'm hooked up to these all these leads and I'm doing all these tests and I don't even know what's going on with myself. Yeah. And no one's really telling me what's going on. And I'm supposed to photograph a wedding that weekend. How did you like somebody take care of that? Like, I mean, are you, are you thinking about your life or are you thinking about my business? Oh, like, I'm thinking about my business. Yeah. I'm thinking about. It's Wednesday and I have to be out of here because I'm supposed to shoot a wedding on Saturday, mm -hmm. even though I can't go to the bathroom without someone helping me because I will collapse. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of explains the state of mind I was in mm -hmm. of your entire my entire life. I was never good enough in school. And I finally found out this art that I was good at. And so this is now the one thing I'm good at and I can't be bad at it. Yeah. And okay, I'm sick and there's something going on and I'm passing out, but I can't not show up to this wedding because I can't let these people be upset at me. Wow. And I've built this business and I can't let it just crumble and I can't let it get an F like I got in school. Yeah. So I'm going to make it to that wedding. Hmm. Um, thankfully, my husband and our friends are incredible and they said, excuse me, Bethany, you are not <laughs> shooting that wedding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of my best friends, you're actually interviewing on this podcast. His name is Perry. Yes. Um, he'll be over in the blog notes, sub notes, sub notes, Perry James, <laughs> Perry James. Um, he was like, Bethany, shut up. I'm going to shoot that wedding for you. Yeah. Um, give me your email. I'm going to take over all your weddings that you have this summer. Wow. And I'm going to organize all of this. And completely took it off my plate. That doesn't mean that I willingly gave it off my plate. Oh, you ripped it out of your hands. <laughs> oh. if, a, if a brain tumor doesn't slow you down, oh. it took family and friends. And oh, yeah. Um, and so that then unfolds a whole um, journey of about seven months of countless doctors, countless hospitals, trying to figure out what this tumor is. Um, it mm. was, I don't know if you know this, it was um, on my optic nerve of my um, right eye. Yep. Um, and so I had to have the conversation with myself. If I get this surgery and I become blind, mm -hmm. am I enough? Yeah, you lose, you lose the one thing that you feel like yeah, you're good at. The one thing. And dang it, getting emotional. Um, it's a good thing. It's all good. And that's because I'm still soft about it, which is good. Um, I'm so grateful that I had to figure that out at age 22 because the road I was on, I was going to be a workaholic who mm -hmm. found all of my identity, all my worth in my work mm -hmm. that can so easily go away tomorrow. And if I didn't at this age figure out, okay, am I okay if I'm blind? And I can never take a picture. I can never see a picture. I can never make something ever again. Is God enough? And does God still care? Yeah, he does. Um, 
how did you how did you get to that point to be able to say yes? I mean, it's like it's a long process and it's months <laughs> and all that. I'm sure and I'm sure it's conversations with you and the Lord, but also with friends and family. Yeah. Um I think the grace that God gives us that we can be angry mm-hmm. and um I can be confused and upset. But yet I'll still read in the Bible, you know, the waves will crash over you and but you will not be swept away. And to read this and to know, wow, God wrote this and he spoke this years and years and years and years and years ago for me to read this right now Mm -hmm. on my couch. And it never felt more real. And, And something that's super interesting is I dealt with real bad anxiety about two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. over emails over a shoot i would have anxiety attacks yeah literally full-blown panic attacks i never once in the midst of any of this um health issue stuff dealt with anxiety that's crazy i yeah. like <laughs> i would cry over getting all my emails done but when it comes to me getting surgery in a few days no anxiety yeah it's interesting like uh i heard somebody talk about what peace is and like you know how even something small like managing a few emails or whatever maybe it's a ton of emails i don't know but like something small in our life that can feel like a massive deal and i'm overwhelmed over my head i'm i can't sleep you know all that stuff and you feel like you don't have peace about something that's so small yet you know with god you could be in the worst moment ever with the worst news ever looking something square in the eye and yeah, I mean, for you, you're about to, you feel like, am I going to go blind yeah. doing this surgery, trying to get this tumor out, trying to treat this, I, you know, I could lose it all, yet you have this sense of peace that it feels a lot different. And I'm sure it didn't always feel peaceful, but to what you just said, you didn't deal with the same anxiety or the stress and all yeah. that. Like, that's amazing. And it, it honestly does surpass all understanding. And um, I mean, I watched the business that I, you know, worked months and months to, you know, get clients for shoots to have all my quote unquote competitors shoot for me. Yeah. (laughs) So like if my hands weren't already like, okay, God have it all. They were ripped open in that moment. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of, you know, letting myself just be sad and bummed that this is my life. Yeah. Just feel it. Yep. Let myself feel it. Don't feel bad about feeling it, you know. Um, and I surrounded myself with a small few people that I just knew um, had vision and that would speak encouragement over me because that's all I needed and that's all I wanted. Um, and I just really, man, I talked it out with God. Yep. Um, so uh, you ended up, you ended up having the surgery. Yeah. I got the surgery. Um, and <laughs> well, yeah. So what happened? How do you, I mean, you're here today, you're alive. I'm, I'm you know. here and I'm alive. Um, so I found the tumor in May and then, um, September, <laughs> September 4th was our two year wedding anniversary. Yep. Um, we enjoyed that. And then September 20th, um, I showed up to the hospital um, I had to scrub myself down and, uh, Wes had to help me cause I couldn't move my left hand or my arm, um, in the bathtub to make sure that there's no germs on my body to make mm. sure that there's no infection that could then kill me later on the operating table, um, and showed up for surgery the next morning. Yep. And I just remember all of our best friends were there. My parents were there and I was totally fine. And I was just, I just knew it was going to be fine. I honestly was praying, hey, hey, God, when I'm under the knife, can I please visit you in heaven? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Yeah. I didn't go to heaven. You just um, woke up. <laughs> but I then just woke up and I saw Wes right there. And I got out of the hospital three days later. And I just had my six-month post-surgery MRI yep. a, few, a few weeks ago. And all is good. No tumor. It's out. It's out. I'm done. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. And you're not having seizures and all that stuff, or there's some like setbacks here and there. You know what? It's so funny because I want it to be like done. 
I want yeah. the story to be done. But actually, um, last week I had to go to the hospital because I had 20 seizures at my best friend's baby shower. And I had to take an ambulance to the hospital and I had to be there overnight. And I'm like, God, wait, like, aren't we done with this little journey? Like, yeah, the tumor's out. Yeah. Like the tumor's done. And like, and I trust you, God, like, so like, aren't I done with this? And can I move on to like my next like phase? Mm -hmm. And, and also you deal with, wait, God, I'm, I'm healed. I'm healed. So why am I having pain today? Yeah. Why am I having the worst migraine of my life today? Why am I having seizures when I just want to be here for my best friend? And what I'm at right now is I don't know, you know, and that's okay because he's God and I'm not God. Yeah. And it keeps me soft and it keeps me dependent and you know, Oh, that's so unfair. Well, you want to know what, like, who am I to deserve a life where bad things don't happen? Bad things will happen. Um, But it's my responsibility to become better through the situation and not better. And I'm going to continue, you know, to work on myself, um, to be healthy, to be a good steward of my body. And you want to know what? If I have a seizure, it's going to be okay. It's not the end of me trusting in God and a miracle to be done. Yeah. You know, what's insane about you is that you're still going through it and you're still, you feeling it. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, having joy in the midst of our trouble. Like Jesus said in this world, you will face trial. You know, there will be troubles, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And somehow, uh, you, yeah, you're, you're in the midst of trouble and this trial yet you have, you, you are of cheer, you know, um, you know, and it's okay to be emotional telling a story and all that stuff. Cause you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and emotion is good. Yeah. Like you already said it, feel it. And it's okay to feel it. And it's okay to feel anger and it's okay to not have the answers. It's okay to have all that, but you're of good cheer, which I is am. insane. <laughs> like, because I think about like, man, I like in life, you go through these tough things and we like, we know Jesus. Imagine if you had to deal with all this stuff and you didn't know Jesus, you know, it's just insane. I can't. I can't. Um, he's the only one that can, that can bring peace in the midst of a storm. He's the only one that during trouble, we can have yep. a smile on our face. It's insane. So, but that's, yeah, that's crazy. You have it. And it's and almost like it. the sour makes the sweet all the better, you know? So the fact that I can get out today and I can get ready and I can come hang out with you. Yeah. is just the best thing. Like, yeah. um, it's summer right now. And all last summer I was inside laying in bed and I couldn't, in, I, I only got outside probably once Yeah, the entire year. Mm. And so this is like my first summer in over a year that I've been able to experience. Yeah. You skipped last summer. Yeah. Every day is freaking yeah, the Fourth sun's of July, out. What are we, what are we doing inside? Let's go. I know, I know. Let's go. Like, give me tank talks every day. Like, I'm just yeah. so jazzed. So, like, you know what? I'm not going to focus on how I'm so upset. I'm going to focus on, thank goodness I can be outside. Thank you, Jesus. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. I worked out for the first time in a year today. Congrats. I could only walk on the treadmill. I couldn't run. And I said, you know what? That's enough. I'm not going to push myself. Yeah. This is a little it. victory, you know, to be okay with the little victories where walk on the treadmill, talk to myself three years ago. That's not enough. I need yeah. to be pushing it more. I need to yeah. be um, doing something that's better than anyone else is doing, you know, living yeah. off of that, like hustle, yep. which I now really hate that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, because do the best that you can do for where you are in your life. Yeah. Don't look in other people's lanes. Don't focus on what other people are doing because you want to know what you're gifting, what you're good at is different than anyone else. And if you focus on what's going on to left and right, you're not going to be able to fully be and thrive in the way that God made you. Yeah. And so, you know what? All I can do is walk on the treadmill 
And that's totally fine. Yeah, just walk on the treadmill. Just walk on the treadmill, you guys. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> listening, just walk. No, it's so awesome. And uh, so now you're jumping back also into, you've been doing it for a little while, but business stuff yeah. and working. And so what's that been like? Obviously, you have a different gear that you're floating in. Yeah. Um, and it's not just about like get as much done. Yeah. So yeah, what are you doing now? What's Beth Kath photography up to? Man, you know, uh, in the nitty gritty, I make sure I always have my client's cell phone because some days this happened. I wake up and I literally can't you see can't out. Do it, I right? can't see out of my right eye. I'm in really? so much pain. And thankfully, um, I've been pretty vocal about my story. So a lot of my clients know. Yeah. And thankfully, they're not jerks and they don't freak out. And they say, yes, let's reschedule. Mm-hmm. Also, my little people pleaser has been pushed out of me because you want to know what? I feel horrible today. I'm not showing up Um, and to be okay with that. Um, But yeah, you know, I kind of felt like when I was sick, I was honestly so scared that I wasn't going to have work because in a business where, you know, as much as you put out is as much as you're going to get out, you know, photography, um, I'm irrelevant. Yep. No one cares anymore. No one's going to want to hire me. There's other photographers. I'm done. Yep. So I was like, man, do I want to be a barista? What's What do I want to do? What else are you passionate about? Yeah. Um, and thank you, Lord. I have the best clients I've ever had in the history of my business. Um, I've gotten a lot more picky. Yep. Um, I'm a lot more conscious of how I spend my time and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, as simple as, you know what? I'm meeting with one client today and I'll only do one meeting so that I can edit for the rest of the day and I don't overdo yep. it. Um, so saving my energy, choosing what's important to me, um, doing things not to do it, but doing things because I'm passionate about the project. Yep. Um, and so I've been doing a lot more um, like corporate commercial things because I can take my time with that. Um, and I really have found that I really love the process of coming up with the story and creating it. Yeah. And then I'll photograph it, um, which I didn't even have time to think about two yeah, years ago. Photos. Yeah. I was just taking photos because I had to make money and I had to be the best. Yeah. Um, so in this time of being away, when I got back to working, it almost felt like I was a high school senior. And I was like, man, I can do whatever I want to. What do I want to yeah. be when I grow up? Yes. So that's me now. And yeah, that's amazing. Do you um, as you look to the future, do, like what are you looking forward to? Um, what are you excited about? Yeah. I guess I guess the real question I want to ask is not just what are you excited about, but what are the things that matter to you now? Um, and I think business is a part of that. Uh, but what what matters to you? Not wanting to be cliche, but honestly meaning it. Um, my family. Um, uh, by the way, that's not cliche in today's world. Family comes like fourth or fifth on most people's Family is everything. Just if you're listening to this, close your eyes and think to yourself right now. If I was going to stop my job, if I was going to get sick and I had someone and I needed someone to wipe my butt on the toilet, (laughs) do I have that community around me? Do I have that family around me? And I'm not saying give to get, but I'm saying when all fades away. There's only a few things left that I want to hold on to. So um, my family, my husband. And so if that means not taking a photo gig so that I have energy to be with my husband later tonight, yep. I'm going to do that. Yes. It's, it's man, nothing is in comparison. So um, focusing on family um, and doing things with purpose so if I'm going to get coffee with you, I really want to focus and spend time with you and really engage. Yeah. I'm not just getting coffee to network. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, not you're not just doing it to do it. I'm like, not doing it to do it. You know, I don't want to throw out those words. I don't throw out, hey, come over for dinner lightly because yeah. I know how much time and energy it's going to take out of me. Yeah. And I really want to invest that. Um, I had someone explain uh, illness and chronic pain to me and they said, it's almost like you have a gallon of milk every day. When you wake up, getting out of bed, you pour just a little bit of gallon of milk to get out of bed. Yep. Um, you making yourself breakfast, it's a little bit more milk. Mm-hmm. Me going to work, a lot of milk. Um, and so it's like, where are you pouring your gallon to? And um, 
yeah, so family, projects that I'm passionate about, meaningful relationships. Um, I want to love people really, really well because I've been really lo- uh, loved well this past year. And so even if it's the casual hangout, I just want to be a good friend to whoever yes. <laughs> I can. You are a good friend. Thanks, Kirk. Yeah, every, yeah, every time I talk to you, you're like the most affirming, most passionate that's because i believe like, in you yeah well i do me personally but you do that for everybody well i believe in people it's true i believe in people um so yeah that's my life right now it's a great answer as we wrap up how can people find you on the web well on the web you can find me at uh <laughs> beth kath b-e-c-h wow i spelt my name wrong b-e-c-h you guys B-E- I, I had learning disabilities if you were <laughs> that's awesome i didn't try to do that yeah. B-T-H-C-A-T-H.com. I had to close my eyes to spell that. You that's did. hilarious. Um, and then that's the same for my Beth Instagram Kath. handle, Beth Kath. Kath. Um, and you want to know what? If you're on LinkedIn, I'm there too. Yeah, go to LinkedIn. That's great. <laughs> Bethany Schrock. You got it. Or Beth Kath. I yeah. Actually find it. It's awesome. Two questions as we close. What's your favorite book of all time? Okay, you guys. Favorite book of all time. It's not the most studious book. It's not the most chapter Binding book. It's um, Show Your Work by Austin Killingall. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Show Your Work. <laughs> Someone's laughing at me right now in the studio. Um, Hang on. Is it a picture book? It, half of it is pictures. Half yes. of it is words. And it's a I've seen it. good read. And it's so good about putting out your work. And um, you want to know what? It's easy read because frick. I can't read a lot. So everyone <laughs> go buy yes. it on Amazon. Get it right now. It's an easy read. You have no excuse. And the Berenstein Bears. And, and the Berenstein Bears. Oh, That's your jam. Yeah, it is. That's your family. Yeah, it is, man. It's awesome. Boys. Okay, second question is, uh, one piece of advice you'd give to anybody following in your footsteps, somebody that looks up to you, maybe it's the same field, maybe it's not, but somebody that looks at your life and everything that you've gone through, maybe it's somebody that's dealing with health issues or sickness mm-hmm. or processing, whatever. <gasps> one piece of advice you have from, I mean, you threw out a whole that's ton so of hard. advice through the whole podcast. I have like different genres of advice for different genres of Man, you just got to pick one. Somebody's listening and you're going to pick the one. Dang it. Thanks. No pressure. Okay. One piece of of advice. Um, Dang it. I was probably supposed to know this beforehand and now I'm thinking about something. No. Dang. And now I'm feeling the pressure under the clock. Okay. Think about it. Think about it is somebody that is young, young, and they're just getting their creative craft off the ground and they're finding their identity in that craft and they're hustling. All right. Hit them. Okay, one piece of advice mapped into a bunch of other things. Number right. one, erase the word should from your vocabulary. What do you mean by that? Um, stop saying, oh, I should be here because other people my age are here. Or I should be, you know, doing this, but I'm not. No, 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 no. Should is just a, like a shame statement that yeah. puts shame on yourself and guilt. No, no, no. Say, you know, I could be doing this, but I'm going to do this. Or, you know what? I'm doing this much with my life at this age, and that's totally fine. Be okay with where you are right now in your life and stop saying should and just now start making goals for yourself. Erase the shame that you've put on yourself of learning disabilities, being sick in bed, um, not being the best you want to be because you want to know what? At the end of the day, this is where you are right now. Yep. And you can choose to go forward or backwards. Let's choose to go forwards against shame and just fully embracing who God has made you to be. If you're yes. sick right now, you're sick and that's okay. If you have a learning disability, that's okay. You know, if you're hustling, don't say hustle. Um, that's okay. Hustle, hustle. <laughs> um, God made you how he did. Embrace that. Yeah, and everybody's on different paths. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, just relax. Man, just relax. relax. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. God made you to enjoy life. So yep. Enjoy the sour so you can enjoy the sweet. I'm going to tweet that. Please. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the sour so you can enjoy the sweet. Yeah. All right, I'm going to sign off. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Kirk. Kaylee and I, we love we love you. You and Wes, uh, just, yeah, you guys are some of the greatest people on planet Stop. Earth. And I'm not just saying it. You guys just are an amazing couple and greater days are ahead. And I'm so glad that you're alive. I'm so glad that you got vision in your eyes. And uh, I'm glad that you're feeling it. I'm glad that you're learning all that you are. God's already using this story in powerful ways. And so I'm just stoked to see where God takes you and your husband uh, and just, yeah, your family your legacy all that stuff um it's just exciting to watch from a distance well not so far a distance but just yeah we're friends with you guys but it's fun to watch and uh thanks for being here today if 
you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at ExceptionPodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.